welcome. My name is John. I'm Michelle. I'm Amanda. And we co-founded Uplift Kids Together. Today we're talking about gratitude, which is this week's featured lesson. And in the section called What the Science Says, we have a quote from Robert Emmons, who's a professor of psychology at UC Davis. And he says, the practice of gratitude can have dramatic and lasting results in a person's life. It can lower blood pressure, improve immune function, and facilitate more efficient sleep. Gratitude reduces lifetime risk for depression, anxiety, and substance abuse disorders, and is a key resiliency factor in the prevention of suicide. Michelle, what do you have to say about this idea of why gratitude matters? These articles that we have linked in the lesson are a great place to start because it really has a powerful impact in getting across the science of what's happening in our brains and our bodies when we implement a gratitude practice. So it's things like 23% lower levels of stress hormones or a study where they introduced a gratitude practice and there was 41% lowered depression over a six-month period or 10% improvement in sleep quality. In these numbers, it's really showing that this practice over time changes our brains and our bodies, that the health benefits, they're undeniable in some very simple gratitude practices. Amanda, why is it that gratitude can help so much? There's a concept that even kids can really appreciate and a little like psychoeducation that helps give them background and context on why gratitude can be so powerful. And that is that we have an evolutionary bias to notice negativity. We evolutionarily are designed to see danger, to see harm and lack so that we can be safe in the world, so that we can survive. So starting from that place to not be so hard on yourself. If you don't automatically come from a perspective of gratitude and abundance, it's totally normal. And knowing that you're likely to perceive that things are worse than they are, it, it takes a little bit of the pressure and the guilt, uh, having that as a basis of knowledge, knowing this is just how humans are. But it just takes a little bit of extra effort on our part to allow the feelings of gratitude and peace. And the way you do that is just shift the attention and to look for those things. The, our sort of lizard brain, our primal brain, will not look around for the beauty, won't look around for the abundance. It's looking for harm. It's looking for danger. So we use our awareness, the power of our awareness, to notice where is the beauty, where's the fullness, where are we fed and where are we nourished? And it's a practice that actually changes the world that we see. It's really powerful, as, as Michelle pointed to. A lot of research points to that. Yeah, it mirrors the opening activity for this lesson in which we ask families to look in the room that they're in when they give this lesson and see if they can notice things in the room that they haven't noticed before. And a kid could write it down or just think of it in their heads. But when you start to really pay attention to things that you haven't seen in the room, you discover there are lots of things that you haven't noticed before. And from there, you can move into a gratitude practice. What types of things are going well in your life that you might not have noticed before? Something as simple as, my body is able to breathe naturally, moment to moment. 
and it is keeping me alive. My heart is beating. Just those simple overlooked things can make such a difference when it comes to recognizing the abundance that's already present. So Amanda, you've worked with kids directly to try to help them see these aspects of life. What kinds of things do you do with kids? Yeah, there are a couple practices that I would use with kids, especially kids that are a little bit older, but it could also really work with younger kids to just create a subtle shift in perspective, often at the beginning of a session. So for parents at home, it's a good way to either start the day or end the day. But for older kids, middle school and teens and younger kids, if they have access to some photos, I say, go to your photos on your phone and stop when you come to a photo that reminds you of something you're grateful for. And it's just a really quick way to shift the perspective to gratitude and also for them to see, oh, this is right here. It's I have access to this feeling of gratitude right now. And that's a way to evoke gratitude by looking back and a way to create more of a sense of gratitude looking forward would be to challenge a child to say, why don't you take a picture of five things today that you that create a feeling of gratitude? So both of those practices are things kids have their phone in hand all the time, their photos, and they can access a feeling of gratitude just by what's already in their hand and in their space and awareness. For little kids, they could use their parent's phone, assuming that the parent has been taking photos of their life and look at that, or they could use scrapbooks or print it out. And so just that visual reminder of their life can be so helpful in remembering, oh yeah, I am so grateful for this and that. And then I love the idea of looking for things to be grateful for now. In the lesson, we have the idea of the scavenger hunt, which you could use with the phone. You'd say, hey, take my phone and we're going to go on a walk. And on the walk, I want you to take a photo of five things that you're grateful for as we go about this walk. And so the kid can lead out, maybe even share the phone if you have multiple kids and take their own photos and have that be a collection that then they could look back on in six months and be like, oh, I remember when we took this walk and we recorded things that we were grateful for. And so those are some practical ways that kids can explore the abundance of what's already present. Michelle, anything that you would add to that? Yeah, I want to really emphasize this piece around like what we pay attention to is what our world is. So there's a way that when the aperture, almost like the aperture, the lens of a camera, if that's really focused on what's happening and the difficult thing that's happening, it's really hard to see the rest. And we've talked about this window of tolerance, like sometimes with a kid, with ourselves, you know, we almost might be so focused that it's actually really difficult to bring that aperture out a little wider. So sometimes this might be a two-step process. First is actually getting into the window of tolerance, getting out of that aperture that's just so focused on the negative or that difficult situation. So the first step might be changing the setting, getting their bodies moving. So yeah, it might look like, let's go outside, let's take a walk. Then you can really implement that. Let's look for five things that we are grateful for. So expanding that aperture. 
even just establishing this rhythm in the home that sometimes things will be difficult. We almost have this mindset that if the circumstances are bad, then there's no way that we can feel good. You know, we spend our whole lives like with this preference for feeling good and avoiding anything that feels bad. And that's just not realistic. So having a family kind of culture or family like understanding that that cultivating a practice of gratitude, regardless of circumstances, like we know things are going to be hard. And now we have these tools that can help us like notice the things that are good, even when, you know, something we got a bad grade on the test or something really difficult happened with friends. So it's not just that things are going to be good or bad, but that even regardless of the circumstances, we can implement these things. What I love about what you're saying, Michelle, is remembering to not use gratitude practices as a punishment or a tool of shame. When kids are in a really hard circumstance, it's not always helpful to try and force this idea of, but don't you see how much you have? Don't you see what you should be grateful for? That's bringing a, a sense of heaviness to the situation. So I love that you pointed to that, that we fully acknowledge hard experiences. And we can see that we can feel both hurt, we can feel longing, and we can feel gratitude. And yeah, the practice of gratitude shouldn't be like a, a, a guilt-ridden or a heavy thing. It's the something that we welcome in to bring lightness and to bring joy. So I love that, Michelle. Yeah, I do too. Because toxic positivity can be so corrosive. This idea that, hey, we can't be sad in our house. We have to be happy. We have to be grateful. Stop thinking about all the negative things. You need to think about the positive things can induce that sense of shame that you're pointing to. And acknowledging what is can sometimes lead to seeing hard things are here. And so when we acknowledge what is, we include the hard things, we include the negative things, but we also include the positive things. And we say, yes, there is suffering here. And again, life is giving me abundance despite all the hard things that I am feeling. Anything else that we should add before we close out? Yeah, I think what we're really talking about is that this can be like something that shifts really quickly in the short term, but it's also a long term, like establishing these practices with long term results. And I want to give an example of this. There's a way that this, again, this short term way that this can happen. So an example is I walked into my entryway one day and I noticed that it's just messy. Shoes everywhere. It's just so messy. And I noticed that that is a constant negative thing in my life. It just immediately brought up this response. And in my head is all this negative self-talk, like no one ever picks up their shoes. I can't believe how messy our house is. How come everyone else can keep their entryways clean and our house, it's always messy. And in an instant, I just, I shifted to like how beautiful it is that our home is a home where we come and go. And I'm so grateful that like my home won't always be this way. My kids won't always be here. And I couldn't believe the shift that happened in my own body by immediately shifting to what I'm grateful for. I'm so glad my kids can run and play in these shoes. There's just, 
this way that it changed everything. And I couldn't even, in that instant with that quick shift, I couldn't even remember what it felt like to be frustrated that the entryway was dirty. So sometimes this can come really quickly. And sometimes it looks nothing like that. Sometimes it's the practice of for three weeks, I write down what I'm grateful for. And there's that long-term investment of shifting to gratitude. And really, it's a practice of expanding my awareness so that I'm not hyper-focused on the things that are difficult. And over time, I start to notice like, oh, wow, like I'm actually seeing those trees. I've written about those trees 15 times, and now I'm suddenly seeing them so much more quickly. So there again, there's this long-term and short-term benefits of this practice, and we can integrate both into our family habits. Yeah, fabulous. We encourage parents to go ahead and check out this lesson. We have curated videos, games, and stories that parents can use. We also have a practice from the ancient Stoics called negative visualization that might sound complex, but we try to make it as simple as possible so that even kids can start to take advantage of this wonderful practice from the ancient Stoics. As always, if you appreciate the podcast, go ahead and leave a review and subscribe to get full access to the lesson library. That's it. Thanks so much for listening. Have a good day.